It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. You know, I'm the talent. Right, of course. Except I'm the talent. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch. Here on this Tuesday, it's the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com. Podcast free, on demand every day. As I've mentioned a few times on the broadcast today, just very pleased to be back here with all of you. Needed the time off, really enjoyed it, but started to get the itch. Like, all right, it's time to get back to work. I was probably ready yesterday, honestly. But here we are today. I do want to say this because I have been wishing multiple guests and people around the building a Happy New Year. I will continue to do so for a few more days. But I think once we get to next week, I'm done. Because it's sort of an awkward thing. How long do you say Happy New Year for? And when do you start? I find that I won't really start going with Merry Christmas until December. And then saying Merry Christmas after Christmas, even a few days after Christmas, starts to feel almost sad to me because Christmas is now gone. It's in the past. So I usually transition to Happy New Year maybe the 27th or 28th of December, a preemptive Happy New Year, which I understand some people think is bad luck. I think it's hopeful. But to me, the real issue is on the other end, where you'll sometimes have folks saying Happy New Year weeks into January, even into February sometimes, and it throws me off at a certain point. So I tweeted over the holidays just my own personal policy here, that I'll try to stick to, which is Happy New Year is acceptable as a term to be said out loud between December 27th and January 7th. Maybe you can push it to January 10th, like a week and a half in. At that point, it's like, okay, we're done. That's just depressing now. Maybe if you haven't seen someone, but even then, I think it's awkward. Christine, do you think that is reasonable or are you going to fight me on this? I'm actually not going to fight you. I think like the first week of January is an appropriate amount of time to, you know, wish, say, colleagues or family or friends Happy New Year. I next week will not, when I'm booking, not be putting out there Happy New Year. I will yeah. be just. Well, I'm actually, I'm back- actually kind of worried. I'm worried that we're agreeing on this because you're often so incorrect on these things. Like, for example, have you transitioned already from Happy New Year to like Happy St. Patrick's Day or something? Well, I first of all, there's Valentine's Day in between. So uh, oh, yes. if you're if you're asking, have <laughs> I started Valentine's festivities? The answer is yes. Megan and I went shopping over the weekend, and we got all of our Valentine's decor, and it's starting to be put up. If that's what you were asking, yes. Okay. Meanwhile, <laughs> since we've been off the air for a while here together, I do want to talk about New Year's Eve and. Just briefly football, because those two games, I know there were some games earlier in the day, Iowa and their game, for example, but the two semifinals, the playoff games, TCU-Michigan and then Georgia-Ohio State, both were games for the ages. I mean, just wildly entertaining, insane games in different ways, so much drama. I was rooting 
definitely for Michigan as a Big Ten guy and lightly for Ohio State also as a Big Ten guy. I just have some other friends who are big Georgia fans. Also, I don't love Ohio State, but I was rooting for the Buckeyes. And the Big Ten teams both came out on the wrong end of the scores. They both played admirably in certain ways. I think Michigan would probably like to have a number of plays back. The Buckeyes gave Georgia all they could handle and more. Georgia was able to come back and win. The reason I bring it up is, number one, this bowl season has been crazy. This bowl season has been so much fun. I mean, Tulane coming back the way that they did to beat USC. I'll have to confess, I was watching the game. I was doing a little bit of work yesterday. It looked like USC was going to run away with it in the second half. I went and hopped on the exercise bike to try to do some penance for my caloric sins over the holidays. Did a long ride, 45 minutes, got off the bike, checked the score, and Tulane had won. I was like, what? And I raced onto social media to watch the highlights. What an incredible game that was. And there were a number of other ones that were just terrific. Like that Kansas-Arkansas game. That was fun. Anyway, it's been a very good bowl season. And it hurts to say that as a Northwestern fan. Where we were very much on the outside looking in. On bowl season. We were nowhere close to bowl eligibility. At 1-11. Woof. But just as a fan of the sport... I like exciting games. Even games that are considered to be more minor bowls, like, you know, the Sun Bowl or whatever, that was a great game. But for the highlight, sort of the pinnacle of the sport, we were talking about this a little bit earlier with Will Kane, in those two semifinal games, it's hard to beat that when it comes to drama. Except there was a little bit of a controversy at the New Year's Eve party that I was attending at our neighbor's house. They throw a really cool, fun, big bash every year. We were over there. The Georgia-Ohio State game went long enough that the extremely uncertain sort of hold-your-breath conclusion, the climax of the game happened right at midnight. So you had the sports fans in the room, not to stereotype, but it was mostly dudes, who were glued to the game, and then you had some other people who did not care at all about the football game. Again, I'm going to say mostly the ladies were aghast that we were not turning the channel to ABC or NBC or any of that. So we missed the countdown. All of a sudden it was like, Happy New Year. People were saying Happy New Year. There were some kisses, but people were watching the game. We actually went back. The game ended. Ohio State had a chance to win on a long field goal. They missed it. Georgia survived by a point. And then one of the hosts of the party said, let's just do a fake countdown. So we did a fake final 10 seconds countdown, like a minute or two into the new year, and then had the big toast moment. Did this happen at any of your parties by any chance? I would imagine maybe so. Christine, would you have been on the pro football side or the let's watch New Year's Rock and Eve side? Well, Guy, you know I'm a huge football fan. Some might say fanatic. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, yeah. By this point. Deeply passionate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I know, I was, we had the same exact issue at our party, but also we had about seven kids that were staying up and they were so excited for the ball to drop into toast. So um, we forced the boys to change it. Uh, they were not happy, but it was. Did they miss was, the end? Because the end was exciting. 
they pulled it up on a uh, like iPad. Okay. So, right, so they were everyone, watching it there. Everyone was able to actually get what they needed. I feel like there wasn't even a specific decision made to keep the game on the TV. It was just an exciting game. People were watching it, then all of a sudden, it was midnight. Like, it sort of snuck up on people. That's what ended up happening. Dan, did you experience anything like this? I experienced the same thing, and I was on the end that I wanted to watch the game. Yes, um, yes. Because I love college football. I love sports. Covered it for a long time. Um, so it was me and one other one other of the guys that were watching the game. It came to be about, like, 1130, and the, the girls were like, Okay, can we switch it over now and watch some New Year's Eve stuff? Like, no, 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 just a few more minutes, a few more minutes. Kept going, kept going. And then so they finally kicked us out, and me and the other guy had to go watch it in their bedroom TV, and we kind of almost missed, like, the kiss at midnight with our significant others, so we got in in a little bit of the doghouse there. Yeah, but it was the Georgia Bulldog house. I know. And it was a very exciting game. Both of them really were. I mean, if you're a college football fan, you got all your money's worth and then some. Being a fan of any of those four teams, I probably would have just, I don't know, I had extreme anxiety over the course of both games. As someone who had sort of somewhat attached rooting interests, it was wildly fun and entertaining throughout. I'm glad that that one won the day, and then we had our fake countdown, then we all did our champagne toast. The one thing that I will say, non-sports related, that I saw, it was actually on the background because once the game was over, the TV was muted, there was loud music playing, but I looked over and I think it was NBC had a concert that Miley Cyrus was starring in and she had Dolly Parton out there with her on stage. And Miley Cyrus, I'm sort of like take her or leave her on some of her songs. Dolly Parton is a national treasure, huge fan. So I was intrigued. And the next morning I got up and sort of started to recover, a bit groggy, trying to maybe have a bit of food, lots of water, maybe an Advil or two. And I was scrolling through various social media feeds, and I saw some of that performance, Miley Cyrus and Dolly Parton singing together Miley's famous song, Wrecking Ball, and then transitioning into maybe the most famous song Dolly Parton ever wrote, even though she wasn't the one who made it famous, Whitney Houston was, just listen to Cut 31. I was not in a great state New Year's Day morning, but this gave me goosebumps. I never meant to start a war. I just wanted you to let me in. I guess I should have let you in. Don't you ever say I just walked away. I will always love you. Is so good. So good. Dolly wrote, I will always love you. And there's a backstory to that. Whitney Houston, for good reason, made it famous with her rendition. But just that transition, then Miley chimed in later in the song. It was just great. So from a non-sports perspective, and having seen various performances on New Year's Eve in the past, some of which are very bad, this one was, I'd say, a home run. By NBC, And I guess they had other special guests come out as well, like Paris Hilton came out at one point 
sort of forgotten about her. She was, I guess, singing or quote-unquote singing as well. That seemed like it was at least entertaining. I only glimpsed it out of the side of my eye at the party. But I might have to go back and watch the entirety of the Miley-Dolly duet. Because that's just America right there. Good way to kick off 2023. And it's great to be back here on these airwaves in 2023. A lot of content to come. It's going to be an eventful, interesting year here on the program. I look forward to many hours together with all of you. We appreciate your listenership. With that, we're out of time. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place. Happy New Year on The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch. It's The Guy Benson Show. Halfway through this first week of January, thank you for tuning in. Catch me tonight on Kennedy in the 7 p.m. hour Eastern Time, Fox Business Network. Our website here, GuyBensonShow.com. The podcast is free and on demand every day, as we always like to remind you. Now that we're in the new year, producer Christine and I and Dan were on the call earlier today planning the show. Quiet Wyatt is on vacation. In fact, we'll have to grill him about his vacation. A very exciting one, I have to say, once he's back. But he's out this week, so it's just the three of us. Skeleton crew here at the program. And we were tossing around different ideas and different topics and putting in the various puzzle pieces into the segments, as we do every day. And usually we end up planning this segment, if not first, near the beginning of our call, because we enjoy these segments. We enjoy how silly and ridiculous they are. But today I almost forgot. I was like, oh, I think we're done. We've gotten everything under our belts, right? We're, we're through here. And Christine said, no, the home stretch. And I just paused for a second. I didn't really have anything off the top of my head. And then, like a machine gun, she had a whole list of things, new foibles in her life that she wants to, I guess, put out there for the world. So we might as well pick up basically where we left off last year. All right, Christine, let's start, I guess, with the good news. It is the 4th of January. So you are four days into dry January. And thus far, my understanding is, as of this hour, (laughs) you are succeeding I am killing it. I feel like I want to ready. Wait, when you, when you say killing it, do you mean like killing the end of a bottle? No, no. I am, cookie is dry. I don't know if that's the appropriate term, but <laughs> nope, that's. It's I'm a dry really cookie. <laughs> it's a dry cookie. It's a little overbaked. Now, when did this start? Just for clarification purposes, when did you start dry January? Uh, January. Oh, so, okay. I have a question for you. If you stayed up past midnight and had a couple cocktails before you went to bed, does that count? I mean, that doesn't, that's not, that's still considered. I think it's fine. I think if you wake up on the morning of New Year's Eve and you go out on New Year's Eve and you have a night of drinking and then the ball drops, it hits midnight, everyone does their thing and you keep drinking, then go to sleep. The next morning when you wake up, that is an acceptable time for dry January to begin. Well, then just call me the dry January overachiever. No, I will not do that because you've gone down this path before and failed. What was it last year? Seven days? Uh, I believe 11. You might have gotten all the way to a week and a half. You might be right about that. So you are still a week away from last year's record of 11 days. You're four days in, which is good. Mm -hmm. I applaud, like golf clap. 
but I think we need to check back in periodically. Is that fair? Sure. I, I do have to say, um, do we probably talked about this before, probably every year, but do celebratory events like not count? Like it's my mom's birthday and it's like we're going to have like a dinner with a few people. No, that Obviously, absolutely counts. But it's a weekend. No. It's a weekend and it's her birthday. So like, no, that's, that is drinking. That is not dry January. That's something else. Hmm. All right, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it on Saturday. This Saturday. I mean, Dan, am I am I wrong here, Dan? No, I mean you got to go completely dry. Nothing counts. I have my two year anniversary during January, and we're not going to drink because we're doing dry January. So we're oh going to do the go. anniversary without drinking. So that you know can't do it. You have Are to you? really like your partner, <laughs> yeah. right? Like dead sober, like, yeah. oh, gosh, two years, huh? So congratulations in advance, and Thank you're going to do it. I'm much more confident in you than I am in you know others who shall not be named, but that's mm. the standard. Case closed. There are no excuses like Judgy Joyce's birthday on a weekend. If he's not drinking or even having a glass of champagne on an anniversary, I think that tells the story here, Christine. Now, I have to get to these other ones because there's a lot that you listed for us that we need to get through before the end of the show. I hesitate to ask. I will anyway. You have written on the rundown that your first get-rich-quick or money-related scheme of 2023 has already fallen flat. What happened? So I tried to sell yesterday my leased car. I repeat, I tried to sell my leased car. Is that legal? Well, I found a guy who knew somebody that I knew. Mm. I'm not kidding. His name is Johnny. He's from North this Jersey. I'm not so I'm not even this, <laughs> this is should not you be announcing this on the national radio show that you work on. Is this what we should be doing? If law this enforcement not... if you're a law enforcement officer, just do us a favor. We we love you listening, but just for this Next five minutes, maybe just click off the radio because I don't want Christine back in prison again. Go ahead. I, so <laughs> I I found a guy through a friend, and not I wouldn't even call her a friend, somebody I just met, and I loved so is her he, is car. He a, is he like a good guy? Would you call him almost like a good fella? I, I don't really know him that well. He seems really mm-hmm. nice. He called He mm-hmm. called me love every time we talked. What's up, love? Mm-hmm. How you doing, love? Is his name so, Craig? Mm-hmm. Does he have a list, too? Is that where you found him? <laughs> no, his name is Johnny. <laughs> no, this is like, I know a guy who knows a guy, and he's Pretty wise. Much. So he, he used to work for a dealer, but then he figured he would go out on his own. So he, like, started this own company, and he kind of, like, works with you on your deals, like, he'll bring you the car, which I was fascinated by. Like, I didn't have to go to a dealership. My lease is coming up. I thought I could make a quick buck because if you've seen, the um, used car market is pretty high right now. So I thought I could sell my car. Yeah, but you don't own the car. Well, so there's a way around it somehow. Like, I, it, it, he would figure it out how he would t- – I can't explain it all because now I'm not really sure how – it was going to happen, but there was going to be a certain way. And then I was going to go get, like, a really nice new car. And my husband kept saying, like, was, I'm not Can fine. I just say that there was – just sorry to interrupt, but, like, when you say there was going to be a way, was that way possibly a crime? Just, like, no. doing a crime? Absolutely not. Mm, no. Okay. It was it was more of, like, him finding somebody that will buy out my car, you know, where – and then they would pay off the bank, and then they would yeah, just cut me a check for the extra. Very, so I thought I was – 
dodgy to begin with, but quite <laughs> elaborate, lots of moving parts, and the upshot is what? The whole thing fell through. My husband, like, started, like, doing some research into this, and he was like, this, no way. And he forbid me to start texting Johnny back. So if Johnny does listen to the show, I'm really sorry. My husband, like, forbid me to keep talking to you. He said that uh, he has his limits. Did you ghost Johnny? I haven't yet. I'm going, I think I'm going to have to, or I'm going to have to explain to him that, like, Does Johnny know who you are and, like, where you live? Yeah, I gave him all my information on the car, like my VIN number, Good. everything. Yeah, but Bobby does not know him. that. No, mm-hmm. no. Now he does. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Happy New Year, Bobby. I thought uh, I was well, going to pocket like five grand. I thought I was going to get a check cut to me like this Friday for five grand. I sometimes watch like heist-related documentaries about some of the more ingenious schemes through the years and how people got caught or got away with it. I mean, then there's just whatever this is. I think this would not get the green light from Netflix. Okay, so that failed, and you're, I think, done with it, but you might get some unwelcome phone calls, text messages, or even knocks at the door from Johnny. Let's hope not moving forward. Meanwhile, you had a new exercise plan, it sounds like. How's that going? Yep. Started back at the uh, good old Orange Theory, and you know that is not cheap at all. Uh, I said this was going to be the year of Cookie. She was going to get into shape and look like a 30-year-old again. Mm-hmm. And um, I woke up today and some like the side of my throat hurt in my ear. So yeah, I just decided, you know what, I'm not going. And Bobby said, this is why we could not do unlimited classes with you because it's very, very pricey um, because he just doesn't trust me. Because once you, once you sign up for Orange Theory, if you back out within like an hour or two, like – Poof, your class is gone that you had paid for already. You don't get that back. So not killing it in the exercise department, to be fair. Can you get a refund or are you just going to let that whole thing peter out? Uh, No, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to try back. You know what, Guy? There's a saying that if at first you don't succeed, you Mm. dust yourself off and try again. And that's what I'm going to do. And you're trying to turn back the clock to 30 which is oh boy, quite a I? turn back. Turn back time, in the words of Cher. Right? Turn back time. Back to Cher when she was super popular, when you were, what, probably in your 20s or 30s back in the 80s? Or maybe the 70s? No, I'm trying to do the, the math here. I, I'm, no. I'm bad I'm bad with the calendar stuff and exactly you know when Cher was popular. She had that comeback in the early 2000s, I want to say. In any case, we got to move on. Last but not least... You have now humiliated your sweet daughter, Megan. Was it at school? What, what happened here? Okay, well, I, I explained this to Dan earlier, and he was like, oh, good grief. I personally don't think it's a humiliation, but uh, my babysitter, who picks Megan up a couple days a week, is going to Brazil for a few months. Oh. And so I needed somebody to— A few months? Uh, mm-hmm. She's from wow. there. Okay. So— um, I needed somebody to pick up Megan, and I couldn't find anybody, and I was getting really worried. So I went to Megan's principal, and I said, do you have, like, a billboard or, you know, like a poster board or somewhere where I could, like, she goes, what, like, to put up a sign? She goes, we don't do that anymore. You know, like, where you could, like, post, like, ads or something? Like, do people do that not do that anymore? Do you have any clue what I'm talking about? Not really. Like, you know, like, you know when you go somewhere— I'm looking for somebody. That's what I was basically trying to tell her. I'm looking for somebody. I have this amount of money to pay. You know, what? can you help me find somebody to take Megan home? And Can you just dial up Johnny? 
<laughs> Johnny's busy. <laughs> I need a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see the ad now, just like needed a call back. I, yeah, call back, oh. please. So, what happened, Christine? Well, uh, the principal has volunteered to now drive Megan home. <gasps> the principal of the school. Oh, uh-huh. I mean that's very nice of the principal, but oh man, if you're Megan, you don't want that, right? Like, is that bad? I mean, I would have loved it as a kid. I would have enjoyed it so much if I could talk to the principal every day. Oh, I was like buddies with my principal, Mr. Ward, in elementary school. He was terrific. I mean, I'm with you, but I just, not every kid is like either one of us on this front. And Megan is definitely not like that. So, Bobby, you don't want to be different. You don't want to stand out for a lot of kids, and that's a big standout. You're not going to the principal's office, you're going to the principal's car every day. (gasps) So I'm not really sure how to get out of that one. My mom said basically just say, like, oh, my mom decided to do it or, you know, something else. But, like, I can't lie to the principal. So (laughs) Megan might be, you know, getting a ride (laughs) from the principal. Well, it is very much a new year and very much the same cookie. Never fear America. Our producer, Christine, intrepid executive producer of this program, has not changed over the holidays one iota, and we would not have it any other way. And with that, <laughs> we're out of time for today. Back here for the Thursday edition tomorrow. Catch me tonight. Kennedy, FBN, 7 p.m. hour on the tube. Back here on the radio, same time, same place. Looking forward to it. Have a great night. Home stretch. It's the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, our website, podcast, free every day. And we've spoken a little bit during home stretches this week about New Year's and sports and Christine's latest dramas here in 2023. But we would be remiss if we didn't look back just a little bit to Christmas. Because I was off last week. We haven't caught up as a team. We had a lovely Christmas at our house. Adam and I hosted my family, then flew out a few days later to Colorado and spent some time out there with his family. Beautiful snowfall while we were there, like a foot of snow came down in Denver. I'd been having a little bit of snow envy, not like Buffalo-level snow, but just some snow. And it was not disrupted to our travels, thank goodness. We weren't flying southwest, sorry. But we had a great time. And as we talked about earlier this hour with Jessica Tarloff, then we were home for New Year's over at the neighbor's house. It was good. Now, Christine has a young daughter, so that's like another dynamic when it comes to Christmas in that household. And, Christine, I just want to check in on how Christmas went and, relatedly, something that you heard from Megan when she was on the phone with one of her friends. Well, as you know, Guy, in this home, Santa is still 100% very, very real. So uh, it was so nice, you know, to get all the presents under the tree and have her wake up super early. And she was so excited. She really got into it. We all had a lovely, lovely Christmas. Um, But last night, I hear her on the phone with, I believe, one of her cousins who may have said something that they question if Santa's real. And I'm kind of listening because I don't want to eavesdrop or say, but I just want to hear the conversations. 
And all of a sudden, I hear her go, no, I know Santa is definitely real because there is no way my parents could have afforded all those gifts that I got. (laughs) I almost fell over. (laughs) You're going to come rushing in like bust down the door. You're like, sweetie, I need you to look at my bank statements. Actually, mommy and daddy do pretty well. We're not saying that Santa isn't real. I like I feel like you're getting almost defensive about it. I was so bummed because it's true. Like the big guy gets all the credit for everything. You know, we do have a couple of presents from mommy and daddy, but still he gets all the credit. And here I am, especially the few days before, just running around like a crazy person. The night, two nights before Christmas, she comes home And she's telling me all about her Christmas party at school. And she said, yeah, the teacher went around and said, what's the one, one gift you want? And she goes, I raised my hand and I said, I want a cotton candy maker. And my heart dropped. I'm like, there's no cotton candy maker here. There was nothing on the list that said cotton candy maker that she sent to the North Pole. So... I just scrambled, scrambled, finally found one of the last ones, and luckily saved Well, isn't the day. that—sorry, I'm, I'm not a parent here, but that seems like maybe not the best incentive structure there. Like, if you're going to have a list—and I'm fine, and we can do some earmuffs here for young children. If we're going to indulge the Santa thing, and I feel like this maybe needed to be the last Christmas on that. <laughs> we can bring Cat in for an intervention if we need to. Cat Tim even tomorrow on this. But— you know, next year, what, it should be 10 mm-hmm. double digits next year. So I, I think that maybe it's it's we're getting there. But if you're going with the Santa thing, you write a letter to Santa, you have your list. That allows parents to also know what the list is. And I don't feel like you get to just sort of all of a sudden announce your deepest wish for Christmas that hasn't been actually communicated to Santa and then put your parents in a position to be scrambling. Like, I feel like I'd be like, oh, sweetie, did you write that down to Santa? Was that on your list to Santa, the the cotton candy maker? Because also cotton candy's gross and so bad for you. And she would say, well, no, it wasn't. And then you can say, oh, well, then he, don't expect to get it then because it's imp- it, wasn't on, it wasn't on the list. I, I don't feel like that is the cue to send you into a tizzy at the last minute to go buy something that, if I had to make a prediction, will get very little use. It's already that you didn't sitting even in ask the closet. For. It's already sitting it's in the already... closet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so you... I wish that's the way my brain worked for Christmas, but I am just a crazy person. Like, I just want to make Christmas so special. So, yeah, that's not how – I bet you Bobby would have been like, it's fine. Like, he didn't say anything because he just knows how crazy I am with Christmas, not in general. Well – but it was safe. I'm not going to say got it, it, but yeah, <laughs> you got it. You went and you found a cotton candy maker for this magical extra thing that she tacked on that wasn't on the list. And it's already sitting in a closet. Is it even out of the box yet? Has it been used once? One time. And I haven't seen her take it out. I mean, to be honest, almost all of her presents really haven't been used. Her favorite things so far were her AirPods from her grandmother. Not even anything from Santa or mommy and daddy. That's because that's a practical gift that can be used frequently. Yeah, like every day she uses it. Uh-huh. I mean, that's—I feel like there's some things that can be learned 
for Christmas's future from Judgy Joyce from others. I, the, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about the cotton candy caper, and I just think, again, I'm, I'm not here to – well, I am here to judge, let's be honest. But I, I think that it is maybe not the best precedent there to do that. And also, you have to think about, like, what the implications are for a gift. Is this something that will bring and spark joy in the moment and then also have a usefulness beyond, like, 20 minutes which it sounds like the cotton candy thing that she was so allegedly excited about. Really, she wasn't. It's like something that popped into a nine-year-old's head for a day, and she just blurted it out, and then you went running around on a wild goose chase for this thing. I just, I don't know why I'm trying to make this like a reasonable case. This is not about reason, obviously. Dan has a question. Yeah, I was always curious, Christine. Like, as a parent, I'm not a parent either, but when you— wake up on Christmas Day and see your kid opening all these presents from Santa, how do you not get hurt when it's not from when you're not getting the credit for it? Like I would be devastated. If I found like a great present, you know, and like I wanted them to know it's from me. Like how do you deal with that? It'd be really hard, I feel like. We actually uh switched uh around how we did that because Dan, you're right, a couple years ago there was some fantastic yeah. gifts that Megan was getting and Santa was getting all the credit and Bobby mm-hmm. actually announced no more. Like, we get the amazing gift. And we don't even tell, you know, the grandparents to get the amazing gift. We get the amazing gift from mom and dad. and then everything. So she did. She got a beautiful vanity that Bobby had to build a couple days before. Right. We talked about that. Yeah. So that was. But none of this was her favorite. Her favorite, like I said, were the AirPods. So I think also I probably really go overboard because I'm sure you're not surprised. But Judgy Joyce always seemed to be inconvenienced by Santa, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bothered by the whole idea of having to do all of this. I mean, I once asked her if I could write my Santa letter a little early, and she literally sighed and said, Chris, Santa doesn't have time right now. (laughs) So I mean, she she was not wrong. Also, (laughs) I love this demanding credit thing. It's like the Seinfeld episode of wanting credit for the big salad. You guys wanted credit for the big presents. With Megan, so you changed the Santa game a little bit in the house. And the other thing for me was, and this was something that tipped me off very early, and I confronted my mother about this directly and forced her to tell me the truth at age five. It was just interesting that Santa's handwriting was remarkably similar to handwriting with which I was quite familiar year round. That was just like another little detail. Uh, so if you want to keep the magic going for longer, and you've got a perceptive kid, then that's like something to to keep in mind. My parents did that too. They did they, but they changed it after a while because I got suspicious. And they did like scribbly letters, like it was all just scribbly and weird. So I was like, oh, that is Santa's handwriting. It's different than my parents. <laughs> Santa's scribbly handwriting. Santa's drunk, apparently. <laughs> Although that might lead Megan to be suspicious of her mother. Actually, now that I think about it, now I do want to say this: one of our big gifts this year under the tree. Huge gift under the tree was from my in-laws, and it is, Christine, get ready. I know you're going to be very excited about this. A new vacuum cleaner. (gasps) Mm -hmm. And it's a Dyson. And in fact, we saw it because it came and it had like all the Dyson decals, and it was like the return address was Dyson. So Adam (laughs) called his mom and was just like, hey, we got the vacuum cleaner. She's like, how do you know what it is? 
he's like, well, it's in the box. He's like, well, it could be a different thing. And we were like, that's, <laughs> no, we know exactly what it is. That's exactly what it was. And apparently it's like top of the line Dyson vacuum cleaner. Someone asked me which model it was. So I looked it up on the label and texted it over. They're like, oh, that that's like the gold standard. So, I, you know, since we've had a ridiculous, embarrassing amount of conversation on this show, in this segment in particular, about vacuum cleaners, I felt like I had to share with you that we got, like, the top-line Dyson. Da-da-da. So there's that. And? Do you love it? I don't know if it's out of the box yet. Oh, my gosh. We did throw away one of the old ones. We put it out on the street. And it was not broken. It was just, like, old and not that great. A big red vacuum cleaner. We put it out on garbage night, and someone was driving by, like, in an Audi and saw it and stopped. We had this on our camera, like our doorbell camera. Stopped and put it right in the car and drove off. So that vacuum cleaner now has a new home. We have our own new vacuum cleaner. I'm sure it'll be great. I will never have an opinion on it because I will never touch it. Oh, boy. I vacuum almost every single day. So I'm, I, I need to know more details on this. I bet you it's the 15 if I had to guess. And guess what? It has lights, and it also has, like, the shadow thing where it shows you where the dust is. That's how much it can pick up. Oh, gosh. I'm well, so jealous. I'm glad that you're excited about it. The thing is, you would get it. You would use it once or twice, decide it wasn't good enough, and then throw it away. And go buy another one. It'd be like your 17th. You're going to have more vacuum cleaners than they're going to have Speaker of the House votes. Just in the span of like a year or two. That's what this is going to be. That's that's the reality of it. And I know, Dan, you were in the market, I think, for a vacuum cleaner. So I would not necessarily take advice from you-know-who. But maybe you can, like, text Adam and see what he has to say about ours. Yeah, I was. I mentioned it to Christine, and I got a lot of responses of different ones to get. And I'm pretty sure that like high end one you got was on the list, but I don't really touch it as much either. That's more <laughs> the other half does. Um, but I would love to try it if if I got a good one. But I think I'll I'll, I'll maybe not go with Christine's advice because it might be too expensive, and I'll get five. That's right. <laughs> and I don't know how she could recommend anything because she hates all of them. She gets all excited about them and then gives up on them and goes to the next one. So. All right, let's just call a moratorium now on vacuum cleaner talk for at least the next three to four months. We cannot start the new year with more vacuum talk. It's enough. I'm just I'm just saying it. We can't do it again. But there was news related to Christmas, so there it is. We got to go. Back here tomorrow for the Friday edition of The Guy Benson Show. We will talk to you then. Have a wonderful evening. Home stretch. Friday edition, Guy Benson Show. Tune in at 5 p.m. tomorrow and Sunday for the big show. Fox News Channel, I'll be one of the four co-hosting. Should be a lot of fun. A lot to talk about, obviously, in the news. GuyBensonShow.com here on the radio side. Podcast free every day on demand, plus bonus Benson on the weekends. Well, we were talking about this earlier this hour, as a matter of fact, with Kat Timpf. When she gave, I think, a lot of very interesting life perspective on dry January and doing things in moderation and knowing yourself and proving things to yourself, that got a little bit more like intellectual and introspective than I was expecting the conversation to get. But I think it was good. A little inventory being taken. Christine wanted to jump in with a question about if you're doing dry January, 
and you have a coping-worthy event such as a judgy mother's birthday party, Kat gave her answer. If you miss it, you can listen on the podcast. But as I said at the time, this is a very real instance where Judgy Joyce has a birthday party this weekend. And Christine, it sounds like there has been some stress related to it already. Yes. What What's happening is my mother's favorite restaurant does not take reservations. And um, for some reason, she had thought they did. There was miscommunication between me and my sister of who made the reservation. Wait, turned- hold up. It's her favorite restaurant and she's unaware of the reservations policy? You think my mom cares about making reservations for herself? Like, she will make them make a table for her. Like, that's, it doesn't, she doesn't care. But that's not usually how it works. If it's like, oh, a, it does for her. Interesting. Okay. So, so there was confusion. Someone dropped the ball. It's, I'm not going to say who. It wasn't me. But we're having to change venue. Well, I, I think you already did mention your sister like a minute ago. <laughs> so we can connect those dots. Sorry, sister. All right, go on. Then uh, we switched it to another restaurant, actually closer to my sister. And then I got a call two days ago that some pipe burst in the restaurant. They're closed down. Ah. So now we had to move it again. And she is getting, uh, she's growing more and more concerned because, you know, we have family coming. Her sister's going to be there. And, like, everything has to be just right for Joyce. Just has to be good. Dan, what are the odds that she gets through this weekend without having a drink. Zero. I mean, I, I she's going to te- – no, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm struggling too. Zero? You, you, zero chance she gets out and goes through without drinking. I, I think th- there's some chance. I'll give her like a one in three chance of making it through. So Bobby is doing dry January with me. Mm-hmm. I think that if he doesn't cave, I won't cave. So you're putting this on him. Yep. <laughs> That's yes, what just happened there. You're just throwing sister under the bus, husband under the bus. Got it. And Megan probably will keep up with her dry January. That is very honorable of her. I'm the, just kidding out the there, nine-year-old, I know. People, we're going to start getting t- tweets and emails about that one. <laughs> it's a joke. Cookie's joking. Sometimes she elaborates. Sometimes she embellishes. She's her own little George Santos here at the show. <laughs> Dan, in terms of your efforts to just cope in general, not just this month, but in life, you've been talking for a while, flirting for a while with the idea of getting a dog. Now, you know that we have a dog. Yep. You haven't met him because every time you're invited to my house, you don't come. <laughs> Ow. Uh, just, you know, you'll say yes and then not show up. Uh, Christine also has a dog, we think. Rosie, who I do, I do. who was a COVID dog, and then we were concerned for the well-being of this dog because we know what happens with Christine and animals when she gets sick of them, i.e. Carousel the Pony, who, of course, went to the big old golden carousel in the sky when Christine had her killed as a child. Just horrible and shockingly, shockingly callous. But we think Rosie is still with us. Fingers crossed. All dogs do go to heaven. Um, so Dan, what is driving this desire on your part? And are you close? Like, is this something that you're planning on doing? Can you just like go out this weekend and get one? What's your process like? And how much say does the girlfriend have in this? So she has been driving it for a while now. For oh, like, there you say no more. Yes. Basically since we met two years ago now, she's been talking about wanting to get a dog. 
Um, so we moved into a new building in, in New York in Westchester County. Um, and so it's a co-op building. So a lot has to go through those boards oh. to get approved. So it's taken a while. So we sent the email out and got the approval. Well, we got a like a waiver you have to sign. It's like $100 a year or something like that. And then you have to get like general public insurance up to like $100,000 or something like that. That's in our thing. So, and then they said it is, it can't be over full grown. It can't be over 25 pound dog. And we want to get a large dog. How large? So we're going for like, we're thinking golden retriever. Okay. So within the 80 pound, yeah, 90 pound Pretty range. big dog. Yeah. So we're close. So we got the approval. We just signed it. And then, so we are looking right now. Um, we want to do a rescue, we think. Um, so it might be like kind of a mix. Okay. So not purebred golden. Yeah. So we're thinking like kind of a mix or German Shepherd. I like, I had one growing up. Um, I always had labs growing up. I love those. So clearly you're okay with shedding. Yes. I'm okay with it. We're okay with it. The, that I needed a good vacuum. So if Cookie could help uh, me out with that. Ah, that's why we yeah. were talking vacuums earlier. And exactly. why you were, okay, there's this all makes sense. So we're pretty close. So we we contacted um a few places around us that have a few dogs we're gonna take a look at. I think this weekend we're gonna go and meet some Whoa. pups. Whoa. What time? I could be there. <laughs> Keep her away. I would from need this. to drink if she was coming. Yeah, you probably <laughs> you would both spiral together. So just so you're aware, just to warn you, if you're gonna go meet some puppies, it's over. Yeah, I know. And this is not like a debate anymore. It's happening. You're gonna fall in love with one of these at least, and that is now going to be a situation where it's not like should we or shouldn't we. You will be a dog parent very very soon. And so just be prepared. Now, it seems like there were some hurdles to jump over, as you were saying, with this co-op. Co-op boards are infamous for being filled with sort of officious, fussy people who like having power, and like the pettier the better. So are you at all concerned about that? Because it seems like a golden retriever in the 80-pound range is maybe not really what this co-op has in mind for you guys well we actually have an inside track on someone on the board that we met kind of not was was their money exchanged (laughs) no no nothing like that but someone we met in the neighborhood and they're like oh we're on the we're on the board of of your building because it's a it's a few buildings around the same area that have the same board and she's like oh well Maybe um, here's the process of how this works and blah, 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 and all this. So maybe that might have helped a little bit in our process. So, yeah. All right. I think that we might have some really interesting puppy-related content very soon here on the show. So we've got that content coming up maybe as soon as next week. Quiet Wyatt, who has been gallivanting in Europe for the last week, probably dying a little bit inside with all this DC drama. He lives for this. Like we were talking to Kat, how she like would hold her vape pen at night, clutching it at her fingers. Wyatt has the wall street journal probably like as his bedspread. I would imagine he is dying, missing all this, but he's having an amazing time seeing new parts of the world over across the pond. Christine is going to have to do a very lengthy, curious Christine with Wyatt in French. Let's we have an we have an English speaking audience, Christine. And so you did take French, didn't you? Je m'appelle Cookie. Okay. That's 
<laughs> I know that much. Can you do? Can you go any beyond that, or is that really about it? No. Okay. <laughs> Je parle français un peu. Okay. Wow. He, petit. he just showed you up. I mean, shocker, right? Not really. Uh, I can do what it, the French accent. Also not very good. Oh, my God. It's kind of like Pepe Le Pew, isn't it? Yeah, but worse. That's what that was. So we've got two non-French speakers just a tiny bit over there. I've got some Spanish. Not sure about Wyatt, but some interview will occur next week in English on this show about Wyatt's trip. And then maybe if the dog subplot moves forward this weekend, we can get into that. And I'm sure Christine will be a font of advice and counsel on these matters. And I urge you to ignore all of it, given what has happened in her past. RIP, as I look, as I cast my eyes to the sky in honor of the fallen carousel. Christine, I would let you respond, but we're out of time. I'm so sorry. It's the Guy Benson Show. It's the weekend. Big show Saturday and Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Fox News Channel. Right back here on Monday for this program. Bonus Benson on the podcast, GuyBensonShow.com. You know all the things. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to FoxNewsPodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.